You are alive to shine. I'm Beth. And I'm Hope. And this is the Shine Podcast, where we meet lots of different people to hear about the ways that they light up the world. And here's why we're doing this. We've been changed and affected by people who shine with the love of Jesus. And the world needs people like that and like you right now. So be encouraged. And let your light shine. I need all of this. And then we're going to ask <laughs> questions, and we're going to be like, how did your life change when you started working? <laughs> yes, exactly. And yep. Hope's going to be like, what happened when you had kid number four? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I want to know all of it. And don't come to my house because I don't have a dusting schedule. <laughs> Oh what is gosh. a dusting schedule? I thought Becky's here. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. This is 38 years of hope, and I'm going to try not to walk away feeling condemned. <laughs> but encouraged yes. Yes. to come up with a dusting schedule. <laughs> Welcome, Shine Podcast listeners. It's Bethy. It's Hopi. And we are here with the wonderful, fabulous Mrs. Becky Osborne. Becky was going to be a workshop presenter at our Thrive Women's Conference that unfortunately got canceled. And so we didn't want everybody to miss out on all the great wisdom that our workshop hostesses had. So Becky is here tonight to talk about her workshop, Creating Calmness in the Midst of Chaos. And if anybody knows chaos, <laughs> it would be Miss Becky Osborne. <laughs> Becky, why don't you tell us about yourself? David and I have been members here at the Upper Room for 35 years now, as of October. We have five children and seven grandchildren. We have six girls and one boy. Our children were spaced out over a period of 16 years. Josh and Katie are 25 months apart. Then Jonathan was born three and a half years after Katie. We had a miscarriage in between them. After Jonathan, it took us about a year to become pregnant with our son, Stephen. We lost him to a stillbirth at 19 weeks. After that, it took us about two more years to become pregnant with Kristen. And so she was our miracle baby. And we believed we were done having children at that point. However, God had other plans. And five years later, we had our surprise blessing, Michaela. Once when I said that I had five kids before I had one that ever was attached to a blanket or did this or did that, someone said to me, don't you know that God loves to put the exclamation point on the end of a family? And (laughs) Becky, I think you're the only person I know that had a kid in college, a kid in high school, a kid in junior high, a kid in middle school, a kid in elementary, and a preschooler. That's right. (laughs) For two years. Within 30 minutes of calling my siblings and telling them that we were expecting Michaela. My brother called back and said, do you realize that at some point in your life you will have? And I was like, (laughs) and it happened. For two years it was that way. (laughs) That's quite resume. Yes, it is. So the oldest three are married now, and I'm grateful to say they've all married wonderful spouses whom we love dearly. Kristen is not married yet, but she is living out on her own. She's a physician's assistant living on her own. And Michaela is the only one still living at home, but she's a junior in college, so she's not home a lot. (laughs) So we're almost empty nesters. I was privileged to be a stay-at-home mom for 19 years. I loved every minute of it, I think I did. But my heart was... And most people who say, I was a stay-at-home mom for 19 years, that was the end of their career. Right of mothering, but you have a whole nother piece of the pie where you are a working mom with kids in school. That's right. So I did it all because (laughs) then at one point we homeschooled the kids and I was homeschooling, which I loved. I had them home for six years. Um, The last two, Josh Josh and Katie were at Heartland. Then Josh went to college and David looked at me and he said, I'm really worried about how we're going to do college tuition and one in Heartland. And I said, oh, no, there will be two at Heartland because Jonathan's going. (laughs) (laughs) Done homeschooling homeschooling him. him. He and I butted heads. So I went down to school and I said, hey, I was looking to see if there was a way I could do something to help with tuition break. I said, I'm just a, you know, I'm qualified preschool teacher is what my degree is in. And they just went, we're hiring preschool teachers. Mm -hmm. So thus I began. I've been there 18 years now. 
I've been a full-time mom, full-time wife, and a full-time employee and you've for had, 18 years. You've had a whole career being a stay-at-home mom, and you've had a whole career being a working, <laughs> a working mom. mom. Exactly. That's you exactly. look too young to have all those years in, Becky. <laughs> well, I started young. <laughs> yeah, so I've been at Heartland um, now. I was the four-year-old teacher for 14 years, and then in June of 2020, I accepted the position of a preschool administrator. That's my background. It's funny because... All those spiritual gift tests that you take, if you're a Christian, you've taken many of them in your life. I always scored really high in administration. I'd be like, but I'm a stay-at-home mom. And they'd be like, oh, well, you know, you administer your home, you know. And I always felt like they were just kind of placating me. Yes. (laughs) But looking back, I can see that I did. And then now, all these years later, I am an actual administrator. So it's kind of... God sees that we when we don't. So. Well, Hope and I are very interested because Hope is a stay-at-home mother of four kids, <laughs> zero to six. six. And I am a working mother of three. Two of them are out of the house now, but I've worked since the day they were born, mm-hmm. minus maternity leave, and I have one more in the house. So we can't wait to hear your experience <laughs> about creating calm in the midst of chaos. What's your first tip for us, Becky? Mm. Well, okay, first of all, reading Proverbs 31 Woman used to just kind of freak me out because that's a lot that woman does. But at one point, I heard Shirley Striefler say, we have to remember that this woman did that over the whole course of her life. It wasn't every day. She wasn't doing these things every day. And I took such peace from that. And looking back, then I realized that, yeah, I've done portions of those things throughout my life. When I was first newlywed, we lived in California. I was privileged to be at a women's meeting where lady came and, and talked about administering our home. It just resonated with me at the time because that's what my heart had always been. I'd always wanted to be a wife and mom. That was the only thing I'd ever wanted to do. And so I took several of those things and I put into practice. And I don't remember a lot of what she said that night, but there were a couple of things that resonated with me. And one was she taught us how to entertain, like how to set a table. The one thing she said that I've always put into practice is, even if you are behind schedule, make sure the table is set because that way when your company comes, they see that they were expected. And so they don't feel like they walked in and you forgot about them. The table's set. Even if you're an hour or two behind, that's okay. The table's set. I so, just put the turkey in. So yes. Yeah. Like an appetizer. <laughs> yes. I've seen that but episode see, of The place. Office when they like wait to, to eat until they, they haven't even started cooking and it's like eight hours later. Yes. Yes. But I did expect you to see there's your yeah. dinner plate. It was out already. <laughs> but then she also said that we as women set the tone in our home. And it's so true. We've heard it for years. If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. It's absolutely truth. We have a choice to make every day about how we're going to respond to the challenges as moms. We can either fly off the handle or take a breath and have a controlled, measured response. I wish I could say that I always had a controlled, measured response, but that would not be the truth at all. So tell us some of those things that happen in a household that put a mother off. How is it that every kid can push their mother's buttons to the point where you can, in a way, and dads only see it at the end of the day. They don't see how morning started and you were very calm and you were very polite and you were very, he comes in at the end of the day when you've had enough and you're flying off the handle and he's going, whoa, whoa. Oh, what's wrong here? And you're like, have you any idea what we've been through today? <laughs> How many yes. times I cleaned up a mess or broke up a fight or whatever. But David was one who, he taught me a lot about a controlled measured response. If anybody knows my husband, he was raised in a Quaker home. And it's a very conservative, very quiet Quaker home. So he was raised that way. I was raised in a home that very, very loving, but my mom was a yeller and a door slammer. And so I was a yeller and a door slammer to begin with. And David was like, whoa, what's happening here? Time out. We're not doing this. So gratefully, he taught me a lot. Tell us what kind of things you did when you're, you felt like your buttons were being pushed that helped you rein yourself back in. Well, I, I do that better now than I did then because the kids will tell you, they'll all listen to this and say, that wasn't mom, she didn't do that. <laughs> it's what I should have done. Taking a time out for myself. 
that is the best thing I think moms can do, really, is take that breath. And when you are losing it with your kids, sometimes it's best to just send your kid to their room and you go to your room and just everybody take some time to talk to Jesus. We um, tease my mom because we said she had two sets of kids. She had the mm-hmm. girls, and then there was like a five and a half year gap, and then she had the kids, my other mm-hmm. brother and sister. Monica and I knew her as a yeller when mm-hmm. we were little. Mm-hmm. And then she found Jesus. <laughs> and Aaron and Paul don't know her as a yeller. And when we tell stories, they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Jesus, that my mom met him, yeah. and she stopped yelling. And people this day, they're like, no way, she was not a yeller. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> the, the older kids will tell you that mom was a yeller, yeah. and the younger ones will say, Not so much. And I tell the kids all the time, I say, the older kids got us when we were young, but we had no money, but we were more fun because we had more energy. The younger ones got us when we don't have any energy and we're very boring. Poor Michaela, she's gone to bed at 10 o'clock her entire life. Still does because like we trained her that way. Our kids go to bed at eight well, I'm talking about a senior in high school going to bed. I'm talking about that too. And I said, and then there's Jonathan right in the middle. He kind of didn't get the, you know, we were kind of getting tired, but we still didn't have any money to spend, you know. So one thing I want our young moms to know is a lot of times you hear from our wise women who have been through it all, and they're speaking at it from years of experience and years of patience and years of doing things wrong. And mm-hmm. realizing I shouldn't do it that. Mm-hmm. So I just want all our young moms out there mm-hmm. to cut themselves some slack. Because when us wise moms were younger, <laughs> we weren't always so wise. Oh, that is absolute truth. We absolute you, if you truth. talk to us now, we know everything. <laughs> I don't even think I'll make that claim. Because <laughs> I'm still learning. Because I embraced the idea that we set the tone, one thing I really wanted to do was to set a table every night. So I set the table for years with placemats and cloth napkins. I kid you not. We had cloth napkins. <laughs> but that went away. The more kids we had, that definitely went away. But the dinner time never did until... Jonathan left home. And then David got really sad that there weren't more kids in the house. And so we didn't set at the table as often. But Kristen and Michaela, but definitely as Kristen went off to college, Michaela, David, and I didn't always sit at the table. Well, you guys were a sports family. We you were. Had mm, yes. Five very athletic, mm-hmm. not even athletic, but involved kids. Yes. I think the older kids get and school sports start yes. to dictate schedules, dinner time is harder. Yes, absolutely is. But I would say take the time to sit at the table with your kids. You know, we've just been through this series with Chris where he's telling us that sitting at the table, how Jesus ministered at the table, so much life happens there. And we embrace that as a family. We did. There was rarely a night we didn't sit down as a family. The kids learned to set the table. They learned to clear the table. They helped with dishes. Every night after dinner, it was something that David was raised with. We had devotions as a family at the dinner table before we cleared. And then for years, we read a book called The Family Book of Manners. <laughs> David came home from a garage sale one time with a, an old Emily Post book. I think the thing is that big, that, that thick. It's just huge. And Her hands are four inches. Yes, they, yeah, they are. <laughs> That's not an exaggeration on this book. But if there was something on The Family Book of Manners and the kids were questioning, we'd say, well, what does Emily Post say? And so one of the kids would run and get it off the shelf and we'd read what Emily Post had to say about it. And it's funny to listen to the kids talk about how, how weird they were at friends' homes because they knew things to do and they implemented that we've apologized for making them. Well, I will say, we think all of the Osborne kids are fantastic and well-mannered. Incredible. Yes, 1,000%. But sitting at the dinner table, that's when real life happens. You talk about your day. You share life. The mundane becomes special moments, the memories. I can remember to this day, we were having a devotion and Michaela was real little. She was like barely two. And David asked her a question and she wanted to answer. And she, we said, what do you mean? And she said, snakes come up out of the pit and bite you. And we were, we were just, <laughs> that nothing to do with whatever we were talking about. But the kids to this day, 
you know, they'll quote that. <laughs> oh, Michaela, remember, you know. So life happens in those special times, the special moments like that. And I know at my house, sometimes dinner is hard, especially during <laughs> volleyball season <laughs> when games are uh-huh. four nights a week. We've kind of flip-flopped that and made breakfast. Oh, that's a great our, plan. You know, we get up and we make breakfast mm-hmm. and we have breakfast together when we know our mm-hmm. nights are going to mm-hmm. be crazy. Mm-hmm. When your kids are in high school and they're involved mm-hmm. in things, it is hard. Oh, it absolutely is. And I think that's a fabulous idea to do that, do it that way. You know, if it's breakfast, if it's lunch, if it's dinner, if it's only Saturday night meal, make it a point that you are going to sit down to the table and eat as a family. I think it's just so much value there. What's family dinner look like with a six, four, two, and zero-year-old at it's your house? Horrible. I mean, <laughs> to be honest, it's really awful. Like I had the most mega meltdown the other night because mm-hmm. like no one stopped crying like the entire time, yeah. and I had just spent two hours prepping and cooking and getting you know, mm-hmm. and then it's like I can't even enjoy any part of this because everyone's screaming. What kind of advice do you have for Hope? But here's the thing: I did have all these kids, but they were spaced apart. Yeah. By the time I had Michaela, I had Katie, who was my right arm, helping mother her. You know, mm. so it is a different dynamic. Sure. Every family is going to be a different dynamic, yeah. and that's what we all have to understand. There's no right or wrong. We but all have still, to find our place. Some hope, some, yeah. hope <laughs> Throwing a bone here. <laughs> well, planning. If we, what do they say? If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Mm-hmm. Then it's true. As moms, our lives are so busy. If we don't get a game plan together, we're not going to make it through. At least not very well. <laughs> we're going to survive instead of thrive. I say, start your day with Jesus. I wish I could say that I always did that. I didn't. But the days you did went better. But the days I did went better. And that's not saying we get up at five in the morning and have an hour with Jesus. We're moms. We might not have slept the night before. I remember one mom told me years ago that she started her day by waking up and saying, good morning, Jesus. And then she'd go into her day. It, it could be a prayer as you're walking to the crib to pick up the baby, listening to some worship music as you're nursing the baby, as you're getting the cereal out for the three-year-old, you're talking to Jesus. Jesus loves to hear us even when we're at our sink washing our dishes. He sees us. He knows we're moms and we're busy. There will come a time in your life where you'll have that time to have an hour with Jesus. But what we have to remember is to stay connected to Him enough that we desire to have that hour with Jesus when we have that opportunity. Then I say, plan your day. Have a schedule. I wasn't really good at it for a long time. I remember the day David brought me home a planner and said, you need this. <laughs> like, thank you so much, Settle. dear. Settle. We had just lost our son, Stephen, and I wasn't mm. really, you know, emotionally, I was a kind of a wreck, and I was forgetting all kinds of things. And he said, you need to start writing stuff down. And I did. But I've used different planners at different stages of my life. I've had the big Franklin planner, and you get all the stuff, and I've used that. I've used a Christian planner. I have used just a calendar. At this point, I have a daily planner I picked up at Walmart that's in my purse. I keep stuff in it, but I don't use it on a daily basis like I should, but I don't really need to at this point in my life. It's not, life's not as busy. I have a planner at work that I keep track of stuff there. I have a calendar in my phone and I always tell people, If I tell you I can do something and I'm not looking at my phone, you should be suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> true, true. Because I used to think like, oh, I'll remember that. Right. Yeah. No more. No. It's mm-hmm. I. You need to say, get your phone out and, and Beth and put it in. And yeah. I'll be like, okay, I gotcha. Yeah. But if I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. you should be suspicious. <laughs> yeah, and that and I do use my phone a lot now, and I set alarms for myself. Yes, I'll get that. Oh, I've got that book at home, Mrs. Jackie. I will bring it to school tomorrow. And I set an alarm on my phone for that evening. My alarm go off and I'm like, what is this alarm for? Oh, yeah, I've got the book. So it's okay if we need help and reminders. Oh, please. That's the only way we can survive. (laughs) What kind of things did you plan for in a week? Like, what did that look like on your plan? I say we need a, well, first of all, you need to decide on your planner. Are you Mm going to use a calendar? What are you going to use? And gather all your tools together. Plan out your calendar. Like, you've got your pens, your stickers, whatever you want to use. Or if you're like me, you've got a pencil and you're going to write it in because you know you're going to erase a lot. Then have your dates. Everybody's birthdays. Everybody's soccer schedule, volleyball schedule, your husband's business trips, whatever they are, 
you've got those dates and you sit down and you fill out this planner. When your kids are younger, it might be, when's their six month checkup? Right. Yes. When's their 12 month 20 million checkup? doctor's yes. appointments. Yes. yes. Exactly. <laughs> Write all of those appointments in. Get those in there. I always love it when you go to the dentist and they're like, are you free in six months on Tuesday <laughs> at 5 p.m.? And I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I never want to see like the person who says come off no. And I'm like, good grief, who's got this appointment? <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing in an hour, so I'm not sure. <laughs> yes, yes. So after you've got your calendar and your schedule, then you have to decide on like what you want your week to look like, especially like with cleaning. And that's different for each one of us. We tolerate different things. I had an aunt who did a load of laundry every day. I did laundry three to four times a week because there were days I was not going to go near that washer and dryer. I like to have my house dusted, so I would dust twice a week. And my sister looked at me and she said, you're nuts. Once a month is more than enough. Well, honestly, Hope and I read that in your presentation. We're like, oh my Lord, she dusts twice a week. May I clarify? Yes, you may. That was prior to working outside of the home. And and I'll even make one further. Now I hire a house cleaner. (laughs) Beautiful. I'm just going to crank up my air purifier and hope that we used to have home group at our house and so I knew our house would be cleaned once a week because we were people <laughs> yeah, right. coming over and then when home group stopped I'm like ah it's mm. fine it's fine <laughs> just does now, good now enough I'm for like, who it's for yeah, yeah. 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 And, and now it's like ah, how dirty can two of us make this house by yourself yeah, it's you kind know? of funny because if people have been to my house before I'm like yeah whatever they mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. they know how I live which it's not our house is kept. It's, I don't dust twice. But if there's anybody who ever is coming to my house the first time, mm-hmm. I'm like, yes. oh, oh gosh, yes. they've never been mm-hmm. here. I feel so I need way. to make a good impression. I can remember one time I had a group of new women over from church that were, had never been to my house, and Kana and Jaden were there. And so I'm like, girls, help me clean up. And they're like, mom, it doesn't matter. And I'm like, like Kana. What would you think if this was the first time at my house? And then one time I had your son and daughter-in-law over and Riley and Kaylee for dinner. And Riley wanted to see my whole house. Oh, yes, she would. <laughs> like she wanted to yes. go into the mud room. The grand which, tour. which is the laundry room, yes. which is a big, big room that has a door that shuts. Shut. And, if we're, and there's a reason there's and a door that like, shuts. like, can I see your laundry room? So I like uh, that you said okay. people have different levels of tolerance, things. cleaning. Yes. I always mm-hmm. say I want to write a book someday about being a working mom. And mm-hmm. one of my chapters is going to be clean enough. Right. I right. used to laugh because, you know, usually they'd be like, Beth, can you bring the rolls or the napkins? To <laughs> <laughs> I do bake sometimes. But anyhow, you know, one time they were my mother was slicing olives, six slices per olive. She's oh my like, word. slice, 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 <clears throat> slice, slice. And I'm like, you know, they sell those. Do you want me pre-sliced. to show you how working moms do <laughs> olives? And I took my hands and I went, crunch, crunch, crunch. I'm like, here's how we do olives. But you know what? Whatever works for you. That's right. Exactly. And that's what I say. You got to figure it out yourself. What works for you? Because what works in one family is not going to work in another. Mm-hmm. These are just tools that overall help us by planning. So we plan our cleaning schedules. We plan our appointments. We also need to plan our meals, which was one thing that I was horrible at. And to this day, I am horrible at because I do not like to cook. I hate cooking. I hate planning the meals. I hate shopping for the meals. I hate everything about it. So I'm awful. Amen, sister. (laughs) But those weeks that I do have a plan, everything runs smoother. And it cuts down number of trips to the grocery store, for a missed ingredient, you always have the, you know what you have on hand and it cuts the cost because you're not buying the extra. And it's okay to have Taco Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, absolutely. Monday breakfast and like having the same menu plan every right. week. Yeah. Or, you know, right. if you're really creative, maybe you have two weeks of menus. You don't have to be gourmet chefs with a new menu every week. Right. And I found this, it was called the Dinner Rut Remedy and I loved it. It had meatless Monday, taco Tuesday, Asian, sheet pan dinner, homemade soup night, Italian night, slow cooker, seafood, low carb, sandwich, international, salad, leftovers, and going out. And that's such a wide variety to get your brain thinking. If you do that, 
I didn't even count it up how many nights that is, you know, it's about 10 days of meals. And then you're not structured into just this recipe, but it gives you a starting point to find a recipe you can in have tacos, that burritos, Marino, yes and enchiladas yeah. you know all that stuff one thing that you said that i like is that you got your kids involved and they had chores oh yes so you weren't doing this all by yourself no oh absolutely not and i think kids learn such a good work ethic when they have to do chores now we did things different all the time. I was constantly trying to find a chore chart or, you know, something that worked. We did finally settle on something that flowed for our family. But again, that's one of those things that you have to figure out. But kids are quite capable of helping with the chores around the house. They need to understand that they're part of the family. We're a family. And so we're going to work together. You help create the messes. You're going to help clean the messes up. It's your bed. I have my bed, I'm making my bed, you make your bed, you know, and is it going to be perfect? It's not. As a mom who likes things just so, that was really hard for me to say, it's great, and walk away and not remake the <laughs> and bed. die inside, <laughs> yes. My boys were like Tetris loading the dishwasher. Oh, like yes. They were the best dishwasher loaders because I told them, whatever doesn't fit in the dishwasher oh, yes. you have to hand wash oh, and they were amazing dishwasher packers yes amen <laughs> they'll even come home and they'll be like who packed this dishwasher <laughs> and so the next thing too i would say is you need to decide on the seasonal tasks in your life and plan those because they're not just going to happen one big chore i always had was we had lots of hand-me-downs so i would have to switch out the clothes and seasonal you know the winter clothes out you know because they're this size now and you're probably dealing with that yes and it's such a pain and it's overwhelming but you have to plan a day to do it so then that's the day you better have a crock pot meal in before you start that chore you know i mean it's planning that stuff to figure that out also a spring cleaning i used to do again when i was a stay-at-home mom i did spring cleaning and i did a fall cleaning right for the holidays so the house was you know really nice now if it gets cleaned once in the summer because I, as a teacher, I'm off in the summer. So I do try to clean the house top to bottom. Well, maybe not the upper top. The attic doesn't. David <laughs> keeps going, that attic needs cleaned. I've never even been to our attic before. So. <laughs> I do have to plan it. But some people are like, and I like to start at one end of the house and get the whole house done. And it might take me a week, maybe two weeks to do it. There are other people, they're like, I don't have that kind of time. So what can you plan? clean out the hall closet one week the next week the upper kitchen cabinets the downstairs bathroom take it in smaller chunks and spread it out over time but plan it i put on my vision board this year that i was going to clean 52 corners of my house <laughs> but here we are november <laughs> and i will have to put it on my vision board next year because i don't think i got to 52 try try again <laughs> but i think that's great because yeah we need to allow ourselves grace i didn't do it this year doesn't mean it can't happen and sometimes the point is not to get it done in a year the point is to get it done that's something that i try to remind myself a lot that bible reading weight loss is that the point isn't to do it in a certain amount of time the point is to do it so talk to us about how you and dave worked together as partners in running your household i know moms probably have the most say and influence but there it's still really important when we have dads in the house that they're involved too how did you and dave work together to make it all happen through fits and starts and arguments and me crying and him throwing his hands up not knowing what to do with me we decided early on that we were a team we are traditional people And so we did more divide up things more traditionally. He took care of most outside things. I took care of most inside things. It's not that he didn't help. And in fact, in the evenings, he was always the fun dad because he took the kids because I was done. He, He did bath time and bedtime. That was my time to get things done finish the dishes. As moms, we'd rather do them alone than with four kids hanging off of us. I would do that. And then (laughs) he'd get the kids to bed and I'd finally sit down and he'd look at me and he'd say, so what are we going to do tonight? And I'd be like, 
do tonight. I don't plan to do anything. I plan to sit here and watch a movie. <laughs> well, that's interesting because you talked about traditional roles. Mm-hmm. And there, there's part of my family that's very traditional, mm-hmm. as in, I don't think Mark has ever cleaned the bathroom, mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. But I have never mowed the lawn since we've oh, been married. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I'll clean the bathroom. <laughs> and he mows the lawn. But we have shifted into, I hate grocery shopping. Hate it with a passion. And so he does all the grocery shopping. And he will go to four different stores to get everything on the list. I would be like, they didn't have it at Walmart, so we're doing without. And he'll go to four different stores. And I'm like, I have a two-store limit. And if I'm grocery shopping, it's one store. And that's it. So. That has been helpful for us to get out of that mold of Mm -hmm. there are some traditional Mm -hmm. roles that we fall into Mm -hmm. that we have just agreed to. Mm -hmm. But then there's also roles, you know, that I don't know that it's traditional for the men to do the grocery shopping, but I have to do the list and make the menu Mm because he will not do that at all. But he'll go to the grocery store. And so to us, that's a win-win because I think he likes to shop Mm -hmm. and spend money. (laughs) And I hate shopping, so... Every time I send Brian to the grocery store, he'll like get what I asked for, but then there's always an extra bag mm-hmm. that's got Twizzlers mm-hmm. and like toaster strudels. And David would also come home, you know, I, I asked for a package of cheese and he'll come home with a log of cheese because it was cheaper by the ounce. Well, I know, but you spent $14 on that and I had budgeted Two ninety five. <laughs> We're only going to eat this yes. much. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's cheaper. I, I get it. But okay, I laugh about that because I'll put on the list two avocados because you know avocados are like they're hard, they're mm-hmm. hard, they're yes. hard. You skip a day and they're rotten. Yeah, right. And so he'll come home with a bag, and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> four of these are going in the trash. <laughs> Even though I try really hard, yeah, right? Yeah, it's like. Yeah. Too hard, too hard, too, too hard. hard. Yeah. I'm busy. They're, They're rotten. rotten. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's the same with bananas. Mm. If if you buy bananas and you bring a bunch of home, your kids will scarf them down in five minutes. And then so you'll go the next time and you'll mm-hmm. buy double the bananas and they will rot. They will not. One will be eaten. Have you been watching my house? Yeah. Have you been watching the video? <laughs> but I'm like, you love these. Uh, you love these. Yes, yes. What's happening? I hate oh. bananas. Yes. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. yep. I had plans for the bananas that you all ate. <laughs> right. And now, yeah. and that doesn't just happen. Like you had to sit down and have conversations with Dave and say, listen, we need to figure out what a team looks like and who's going to do what. But for us too, because I, we started out as a, I was stay at home. It was just pretty much all traditional, you know, for a long time. But now, and as the kids got older and things happen, I, I mow the grass. I have no problem mowing the grass. In fact, there are some days, well, I'll never forget the day I was so done with the kids. I've been in the house all week alone with the kids. He's out on Saturday mowing the yard. And I took Jonathan, he was a year old. He's on my hip. I take him outside and I stopped David on the mower and I said, get off. And he said, what? And he, I said, you're going in the house to watch these kids and I'm going to mow the grass. <laughs> and he went, okay. So I went out and I mowed the grass and Jonathan took his first steps with David in the house. Oh, of oh, course he did. Of course yeah. he did. <laughs> the other thing I say is we need schedules, but our kids need schedules as well. You're a stay-at-home mom. What time is morning snack? What time is afternoon snack? What time is rest time? Even as kids are growing, that nap time goes away. Does not mean they don't need a rest because kids need to decompress. When the kids were young, they went to a camp, a summer camp, and they had what they called FOB time. After lunch, kids had FOB, flat on back or flat on belly. And Josh said he, I was over one day, and he said, Riley's having FOB time. And I was like, flashback. And he went, (laughs) yeah. Flat on back, flat on belly. Do it every day. You know, and it works. And Becky, you're a preschool teacher. You're Mm -hmm. an educator. You know the importance of having kids knowing their routine Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. being on the schedule. Kids thrive on routine and schedule. The worst behaved kids are the kids that don't have structure because kids like to feel secure and a schedule gives them security. Now, as a mom, we know how it goes with the snacks. And they start, they want to eat at breakfast, and they want to eat half an hour later and another, you know, it goes all day. My Katie <laughs> did something this summer that I just thought was absolutely wonderful, and I wish I had thought of it years ago. She created snack baskets for the girls. Every morning, she filled those snack baskets with snacks that she wanted them to have throughout the day. But the girls managed the basket. 
the majority of days they'd get to the end of the day there's snacks left but the, the girls and they were they are six and four so they're young but they can manage that basket themselves she would refill water bottles you know all day long but the baskets theirs she controlled when went in it they controlled when they ate it and when the snacks were gone snacking was done for the day you know there were still meal times but snacking was done she never had a problem I well that. i wouldn't say that because kids are kids i'm sure she had problems right. but i thought it was a great <laughs> idea no that's you know? really smart and in fact i was watching them this weekend and grandma did the snack basket <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that and that's really important too because you probably see kids at school that have split families and mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. kids are like one week with mom one week with dad or right. weekends mm-hmm. different parents and Talk to us about the importance of if you're living in a shared parenting situation, mm-hmm. what's best for the kids? Yeah, uh, keeping parents communicating and trying to keep them on the same routine at one house as the other is really important. That's tough sometimes because sometimes life's just messy and people don't want to get along. And sometimes you have people just because mom wants it or dad wants it, the opposite parent says, well, I'm not going to do that you got to put all that aside and say, what is best for the kids? Is life about you or about your children? I mean, when we choose to bring children into this world, we have a commitment to them. And we need to begin as a society taking that seriously and going, okay, you know, it's not that we live our lives for our kids, but our kids need structure. They need affirmation. They need, they need security. So I think it's really important that you communicate really well. Put aside your differences and say, what can we do to make sure that what's happening at dad's house is happening at mom's house? As as much as we can mirror that is best for the kids. That's what's next. What is it? Clutter. Clutter. Mm. Okay. Tell me about clutter. (laughs) (laughs) Keep it to a minimum. Especially with my kids. Keep it to a minimum. Yeah. Did you have like a solution as far as things that you allowed in your house? In my household, this is birthday season Mm -hmm. for a lot of my kids Mm -hmm. and Christmas in a couple of months. So, like, Mm -hmm. did you have rules or what did you implement to, like, just kind of help with influx of stuff? Yeah. You know, I didn't. And I I waited through the toys Mm -hmm. like crazy, you know. And we had a role of cleaning up the toys, you know, at rest time. and, And then again at night, things had to be put away. But throughout the day, it was just constant chaos of toys. And it drove me insane. I always wanted to have that toy room so I could stick it all in one room and shut the door, you know? And David would always like, no, they could be in the family room. We don't want them shut away, you know? And I'd be like, oh, you know? I did different things through the years, what worked, you know? But one thing that I've heard of, I we went to some friends, actually, they live in Seattle years and years ago. We had gone out to see them and they had a closet of toys and everything was neatly in there and i was like where are all the toys she's like well that's all they have they don't need anything else and i was like that's all the toys i have but what i didn't understand was she switched them out all the time so you have your toys also one of the reasons i always did the fall cleaning was i cleaned out toys i got rid of stuff mm. at that time yeah. i was really good about that what I think is a great idea, and I didn't do it enough, is pack up the toys, put them away, and rotate your toys. Rotate things. Then it's fresh. Then they're like, oh, it's brand new toys. Yeah. Well, because you haven't seen them for a month because they've been put away in the attic. I, I think that's a really good solution. But also just really being firm about saying, we're cleaning this out. This has to go. This is too much. And being firm about what comes in. The clutter will overtake you if yeah. you let it. Well, and if you think about it, so Hope, you have four kids. Becky, you had five kids. Mm-hmm. If each kid got 20 Christmas presents mm-hmm. from you, oh, yeah, grandmas, right. aunts, and uncles, yeah. and everybody, right. that's 100 or 80 new items yeah. Yeah. in your house yes. in an hour. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. There was one Christmas. My, I had a grandma that spoiled the kids rotten. David came out into the living room after we'd put all the toys out, and he went, this is obscene. You could not (laughs) reach the tree for the toys because my grandma had gone so crazy. Every toy that was out there, she bought them. But I had to deal with it. Yeah. You know? And it's okay for parents to say to their Mm -hmm. parents, Mm -hmm. listen, I know you love your grandkids, but Mm -hmm. buy them. What do you call that? Stick? No. (laughs) 
Oh, what are they? They'd be just Treasury things. What are they? What are those savings things? Bond. Savings bonds. Oh, <laughs> Buy them a savings bond and get them one or two or three at the most yeah. present. Like, uh, right. yeah. I think it's okay to set those boundaries yeah. up in your house. Yeah. And as grandparents, mm-hmm. I'm not a grandparent yet, and you are, mm-hmm. so you know this, we need to learn how to respect our children's mm-hmm. wishes about that. Right. And, you know, maybe you can say, mm-hmm. instead of them buying them things, how about you go on a date mm-hmm. night, a Take, field trip right. or yeah. something like that? Right. Because if you think about it, that's a lot of stuff in our mm-hmm, house. Mm-hmm. One thing we do with the kids, with the grandkids, is we buy three things: one toy, one book, one outfit. They get three gifts from us. They'll learn to expect that <coughs> and, and like it. Right. They're like, I know right. I'm getting this from Grandma and Grandpa every right. year. And I, and I ask the parents, what's the toy that you want them to have? What is this that you want them to have? What what is the book you want them to have? Because they know them. They know what they want and they know what they need in the house. I don't. So I try really hard to be respectful of that. Do you have the rule of one item in, one item out? No, but I think it's a great rule. My it sister-in-law did. Great, yeah, it, it does. does. <laughs> My brother and sister-in-law do that in Florida. But because they live in Florida, they don't have attic space. You know, it's a crawl space and they don't have basements. They're like, we would be overrun if we didn't have this rule. So they're very much, you know, my brother will bring something in and my sister-in-law will say, so what did you take out? (laughs) And that takes a lot of discipline. It does. Even like when you close shop, like I just bought three shirts. So Mm -hmm. what three shirts am Mm -hmm. I taking out of Mm -hmm. this closet? Right. And we as women, we always like to hoard it because we're like, I might lose weight and fit into into that. (laughs) You know how many different boxes of sizes I have? David says that every time he cleans out the attic. Why do we have so many boxes? I'm like, yeah, but those are classic clothes in that one. I will fit into those one day. Well, one time I put a whole entire work wardrobe in a bin that didn't fit me. And I gave it away. And then I lost weight. And I had to buy a whole new wardrobe. wardrobe. So in my head, I'm like, I'm never doing that again. (laughs) So I have size 10, size 12. (laughs) And I do need to to spring clean or fall clean or whatever we're at right now and go through that. They say that when you have clutter in your house, it takes mental energy right. just to even look at all that stuff. Be right. like, oh, where is this? Right. I do not like clutter at all. I, and I didn't grow up that way. Our house was the most loving house in the, in the neighborhood, but my mom didn't care that it was, you know, it was, it was clean. Under the clutter, it was clean because her windows were sparkling all the time. But... It was full of clutter, and I hated it. I hated. I was embarrassed to bring friends home, so I never wanted to do that to my kids. And I so, feel like I lived in the opposite because we either didn't have a lot of toys, or my mother followed us around and snatched exactly. everything up. Because I'm like, how did you keep your house so clean? She's like, we did not have all this stuff. Yeah, right, right. And that's the older you get, sometimes you're going, I gotta get rid of it. I, I'm just done with it. And so I am pretty ruthless these days when it comes to spring cleaning and that. I'm When I'm like, this is going, it's going, it's going, I'm done. I'm what if you're not good at that? What What are some tips? I don't know. Bring in a friend. Bring in a friend. Yes. yes. Bring in someone ruthless and like, yes. you are never wearing these again. This right. is ugly. Yes, yes. And you're like, well, oh, yeah, yeah. I, it was my leather skirt from high school. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And your friend's going to be like, no, no it's out. out. <laughs> it's gone. It's gone. Yes. So not having clutter helps, but talk about the tidy home. Okay. I always, at the end of a day, my mom used to laugh at me because before David would come home, I'd realize, oh, he's going to be home in half an hour. And I'd scurry around and I'd tidy up. I'd put stuff where it belonged. She used to laugh at me, but it went back to setting the tone. I didn't want him to come home to a home of chaos. You know, I don't want to fight with my husband. I've been fighting with kids all day. I wanted peace. And so part of that was he wouldn't care if I had an inch of dust on my tables. But, but he you don't because you dust twice but, a yeah, week. Exactly. <laughs> well, not anymore. But yeah, so, you know, he liked it not to be cluttered and chaos, but I liked it to be clean. So, And I remember distinctly, it's funny because David talks about this memory all the time. He had been away on a business trip. It was Christmas time and it was, had been a rough trip business-wise. He even drove home in the middle of a snowstorm like a blizzard. If you've been to our house, it's a long driveway. 
it's a tenth of a mile long and it's you know down over a hill he couldn't even pull into the driveway it was so full of snow so he had to leave the car at the top of the drive and he had to walk down and it was christmas time and he says he came over the hill and he saw the christmas tree it was night and the christmas tree was lit in the window and he could see smoke rising from the chimney because i'd had put a fire in the fireplace he said it was like coming into a slice of heaven the house was tidy you know everything was it was peaceful and i will admit it was late and the kids were in bed so it was peaceful but <laughs> it's a memory that i remember putting the fire in the fireplace and you know having lights i remember doing that deliberately but i didn't realize what an impact it would have on him and how it's one of his core memories home was a safe wonderful place to come to mm -hmm. and i think we as moms we need to try to do that for not only our ourselves our husbands but our kids as well mm -hmm. but there are a few things i've developed over the years that i did every day and that was tidy up the house before David came home, get meals started if I was cooking. <laughs> but first things first, make your bed. I'm a firm believer in making your bed. And then I came across this, and some of you may have heard the military man making your bed. He was addressing a graduation and he said, if you want to change the world, make your bed. You will have accomplished the first task of the day. It will give you a small sense of pride and will encourage you to do another task and another and another. By the end of the day, that one task completed will have turned into many tasks completed. Making your bed will reinforce the fact that the little things in life matter. You can't do the little things right. You'll never be able to do the big things right. If by chance you have a miserable day, you will come home to a bed that is made, that you made, and a made bed gives you the encouragement that tomorrow will be better. And that's exactly how I feel. In fact, I have been known to make my bed just before I crawl into it. If something's happened and, you know, I for some reason didn't make my bed or David didn't make the bed and he was the last one out of it, you know, <laughs> he doesn't do that anymore. He makes sure the bed gets made. But I would make the bed before I crawled into it. At the end of the day, tidy up, wipe down your kitchen counters, your bathroom counters, clean up any clutter, put it away, do dishes, clean the sink, pack lunches and snacks for the next day, prep ingredients for tomorrow's dinner, if you're better than I am. <laughs> Lay out clothes for you and the kids before when it's school season, get that done. Backpacks ready by the door, ready to go. You know, sometimes even sweeping the floor, it's the kitchen floor or the, the heavy trafficked area. Just sweep that up real quick. Check your calendar and write a to-do list for the next day. And that sounds like a lot, but when you do that every day, that's half an hour and your life will be so much calmer because you've prepped for the next day. You've cleaned up this day and you've prepped for the next. You and forgot something. Okay, what did I forget? Start the coffee pot with the timer <laughs> yeah. on. <laughs> My husband likes it to be fresh. I, so. Oh, even you can't even get it ready the night before and the timer go off? No, because we have well water. Oh, and okay. Oh, if it sits yeah. in the evening. So so we make it in the morning. But here's the My rule. mornings go better when I <laughs> yeah, prep yeah, the night well, before. Yeah. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. We've come to kind of an understanding that the first one up makes the coffee the last one up makes the bed. So we oh, divide like and, and it doesn't matter who, who's who. It's that's you the way just it goes. That's yeah. good. What's gonna, what's, that's, good. that's the way it goes. So to summarize, here are the reasons why I keep a tidy home. Why is it important to keep a tidy home? First off, it looks better. I get more done when my house is clean. I can find things so it saves me time. When the kids say, where are the scissors? I know where the scissors are. It makes my husband happy. It saves me money because I'm not running out to buy something that we have, but I don't know where it's at. We have 10 rolls of scotch tape. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can never find one yeah. when I need yeah. one. Yes, yes. <laughs> I have more time to be creative and to do the things that I want to do then, and it helps me get a good night's sleep. Those are all great. Can you just talk to us a little bit about having grace for yourself if you're <laughs> not in the midst of calmness and you feel like you're living in chaos? Yeah. yeah. We have to understand that that's kind of the nature of family life. It is chaos. It's carving out for we as women, we need to carve out what is important to us. Because like I said, each family unit, each family dynamic is different. There are some core things like, yeah, eating together. I think that's really core. We've lost that as a nation. I think having some kind of plan and keeping kids on some kind of schedule, is it always going to work? No. Kids get sick. And when kids are sick, all they want is mommy. And guess what? You need to just sit and hold that baby because that day will go before you know it. So you need to allow yourself those days when it is just 
life is just going to be too overwhelming. And that's when we need to give ourselves grace and we need to give one another grace. And we need to come alongside one another, especially young moms, and say, you got this. It's hard. You're in the trenches. It's hard. Some days it's just about surviving. We tease at preschool some days when we're understaffed, you know, or something. Today is survival. You know, that's what today is all about, keeping the kids happy and safe. And if you've accomplished that at the end of your day and your house looks like a bomb exploded in it, so what? There will be days and years ahead where your house can be nice and tidy. Just the more you can do as you go along, the easier things will be. And I think it's important where you said, don't go at it alone. Yes. If you need help, call in help, whether yes. that's somebody coming in to help clean or you have a friend, you're like, will you come and help me clean out my mm-hmm. kitchen cupboards and then I'll come and help mm-hmm. you clean out mm-hmm. your bathroom cupboard? Mm-hmm. Or I always tell my mom, I need a spring clean. Can you just come over? Mm-hmm. Because whenever my mom's in my house, I'm 10 times more productive. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I need some motivation, mom. Can you come over? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So not doing it alone and realizing, right. you know, God created us to be in community. Mm-hmm. If you feel like you're struggling in areas, mm-hmm and one of your friends really good at something, ask them for help. Go over to their house and say, show me how you do your laundry Mm -hmm. or show me how you do Mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes if you weren't raised that way, you like have no, I've never even thought about doing one load from start to finish. That's not how we did it at our house. Right. When I went away to college, I made sure I had a month worth of clothes. (laughs) So I didn't have to do laundry. (laughs) When you have five people in the house, I used to tell people that came over to my house, like, if you lose clothing at my house and it goes through the sheller cycle, you're responsible for retrieving it because do not expect me to give it back to you. I have like a pile of clothes because my kids are constantly just like spilling stuff all over mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and now I have to stay and treat this. Right. And like, I'm never going to stay and treat this. <laughs> so then they just like grow out of their clothes. Right. And then I'm like, well, you had a shirt once, but not anymore. And I'll tell you, if you want a good tip for stain, Zout is the oh, best. Yeah. What is that? It's like shout, but shout does not work. It's zout. Takes out blood, takes out mud, takes out grass stain. It's amazing. Is it just like Z O U T? Zout. It could be. I don't care. It works. No, I'll take it. I don't care at this point. That's why toxins, that's the way I feel about bugs. David's like, you don't want to spray for bugs? I go, oh, yeah, I do. I'll die 10 years earlier not to live with bugs. I'm sorry. I'm not living with bugs. Well, Becky, we really appreciate you coming in and sharing your wisdom with us. And we appreciate your vulnerability and your transparency. If anybody lives in a perfect house with perfect kids all the time, I feel sorry for them because that's not reality. And they're probably either very high strong or their kids are miserable (laughs) or their Mm -hmm. husbands. But (laughs) maybe maybe you're really organized. But anyhow, cut yourself some slack. Just realize the things that Becky talked about today. It may take a lot of work to get to that place. But the rewards of getting to that place or planning and prepping Mm -hmm. outweigh the calmness that that brings outweighs the chaos of not doing it. Right. Mm. Right. That was great. I like that. Finish there. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm just a sponge today because I feel like I am in it is all chaos and no calm in my house all of the time. And I feel like you're at the other end of it where your kids are grown and like, I don't know, your family is just always everyone excellent. All of your kids are excellent. Whatever you did, it worked. So, so I want to absorb whatever you know, whatever advice you have. Well, so, and that's why it's we really good Maggie talking yes. about this because she does have her and Dave do have amazing kids that yes. are adults yeah. now and appreciate. We know it's not easy. It's no. not no, easy. We know it, no, right. but it's, it's the little extra or work that you can do to bring calmness into your home mm-hmm. yeah. makes mm-hmm. a world of difference. Mm-hmm. So good. Well, thanks for coming in, Becky. We appreciate your wisdom, mm-hmm. and if any of you need some tips. Go find Becky on Sunday. (laughs) Make sure you tune in next week for another special guest. Bye. Bye.